Welcome to For the Love of Books, a podcast by North Lancashire Libraries. Hi everyone, welcome back to the North Lancashire Libraries podcast for the love of books. My name is Chris Wilson, the e-services librarian, and today's episode is going to be a little bit of a roundup of what we did for Libraries Week uh, recently. And we've done some fantastic events and we have lined up a few of our library staff members to tell us a little bit about more about them. We're going to have Hilary, who's going to tell us a little bit more about the philosophy cafe that we had at Motherwell Library. Also, Phyllis will tell us a little bit more about the family history event that we had at View Park. We also had a fantastic event at Airdrie Library, which was kind of linked to National Portrait Day as well. And the superstar TikTok person, Lane Penny, was here to chat to us about her writing and her poems, etc., and the Scots language, and it was a fantastic event. And Drew Feeney from Airdrie Library is going to tell us a little bit more about that as well. And finally, we're going to have Thomas from Coatbridge Library telling us about Anne Donovan's visit to Coatbridge Library too. So we'll play those all those clips and you can get a little sense of what happened at those events and also what they mean for the future and as well. So the first event that we're going to talk to you about on this podcast for Libraries Week was our Philosophy Cafe, and I want to welcome Hilary Petrie to come and talk to us about that. Uh, Hilary, you managed to link up with some of the, the staff at the University of Glasgow um, to talk about some really interesting topics. So would you want to give us a little bit of background about that and, and what the event was about? Sure, thanks for having me back on. Um... First event of National Libraries Week, we um, linked up with some of the staff in University of Glasgow's philosophy department. We had previously um, had a philosophy cafe in Bridge Library prior to COVID, which had gone down really, really well. And so we thought we would see if there was anybody who might um, be able to pick up on some sort of more and technology-based philosophy. And so we were really, really lucky in that Dr. Neil McDonnell, uh, who's one of the senior lecturers there, um, was really keen to come out. And he and one of his colleagues, Levance, came out uh, to have a chat with us about um, virtual reality and augmented or mixed reality. And so, yeah, we had a we had a great afternoon. It was a great way to launch National Libraries Week and an important subject for people to really start thinking about as technology changes. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's such an interesting topic as well, because there's lots of stuff that, that you can really kind of visit with VR and augmented reality, how it's going to affect people uh, going forward and how it's going to integrate into life as as we go forward as well. It is slowly, slowly increasing. I think po- most people probably associate it at the moment with kind of things like gaming and things like that, but it is slowly creeping into life in other ways as well. Yeah, it is. And and so, yeah, as you say, you know, VR, very much um, people probably come across it in gaming. So that's um, where you'll see people with headsets on. Um, so it's over their head and over their, their, their eyes. And you can be you can be playing people in, in other games, you can be doing um, sort of physical challenges that you're taking part in. So you're dropped into another world, if you like, in terms of what you 
what you see, excuse me. Um, people, have, the, the, the team brought a couple of headsets out and we actually got um, some people the chance to, to, to put them on and, and have a wee um, sort of little game session, just, just, just basics. Um, but it's also being used to uh, kind of as an education place because you can if somebody's done a, a 360 degree um sort of photography of a place yeah. that can be uploaded and you can kind of be dropped in and having a really good look around so you know if you're if, if you're a, a school child a school pupil studying the rainforest for example it's one thing looking at books working at, at television david Attenborough's television programs or, or whoever it's, it's another to actually be dropped in and to get the sense of the scale of everything um to be able to hear that yeah. and, and be immersed in that world um and going on into the workplace um vr can also be used as a kind of teaching tool um and and you know you can meet other people there so you can have meetings where you're all working on the same sort of of, of um space if you like sharing something together there um and also for example if you are going into um, for training before you go into a difficult situation, for example, yeah. um, but also things like in, in aviation um, and, and the manufacturing side of that, they're using VR as, as a means of being able to, to let people see exactly where things should be going and what should be done. And, and it, it's making a big difference to the um the success of what's being done so there's set there are certain jobs now where basically you go and you put your vr headset on and you work away with that and productivity has really really increased um, because it's cutting out the errors in, in, in what you're doing but as you say the, the kind of virtual reality from from that side is changing um and improving and moving into what they're calling augmented reality or mixed reality so that you don't necessarily or, or you won't necessarily have you won't have that headset on it will be part of your vision whether that's in glasses or um, maybe on a, a screen projected so if you think about your car windscreen for example um, yeah. you may start to see some things on there that are projected up which are part of this augmented reality um, that you see as, as as you go forward. So we had a bit of a chat about that because it's it, it's at that point where the, there is a lot of change coming. Um, but we 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 probably do need to stop and think about just the impact it's having, or or, or will have yeah. on on society. And I think some people might not realise how augmented reality is already out there in certain places as well. I have to admit, I'm a big Pokemon Go player and it's available in that. So you can get it in, in, in various apps and things like that already on your devices and you can see it in action um, where things are projected into kind of your living room yeah. straight away. Yeah, there's another, like there's another good one. Um, I know some of my colleagues um, have used um, where you can kind of project um, zoo animals. Or, or yeah. wild animals into into into, into your, your room into your various space um and and pokemon go for anybody who's who's kind of not maybe too aware of it if, if you're on your phone it's a kind of game but you're using your your phone's camera and you're you're 
and, and maps and wandering around and every so often you will see a creature to collect on it but it's it's if you take your eyes away from the screen it's not there but you're but you're seeing that um and yeah i mean it's, it's got that it sort of so many things start they've got the kind of bits of gaming out, out there um for people but what we were talking about is um kind of moving into to wearables so um maybe having on a set of glasses um rather than a, a headset but in within that you will see things slightly differently so if you and i both look at the same wall for example yeah um with augmented reality we're going to see or we could see something completely different so for example you will be able to um decorate your walls differently so i mean here's here's an end to the the the, the arguments about which wallpaper goes up right um, <laughs> that's recent re recent arguments um but the, one of the examples neil neil was using in this this was about um you might be able to, to go and pick your your own artwork so you know you might decide to put that you want um a van Gogh. um you take your pick of which one you want you know um and and that will be on your wall and that's what you'll see when you look there yeah. um, whereas i might look at the same wall and and see a kandinsky or um a Lutrec or you know something completely different so it's it's the same space um where it becomes maybe a wee bit more difficult you know both in our work environment we might look at the same desk um and see different things and different different bits of information in different places um so so being able to do that um and and the algorithms and the marketing that goes on about what you actually see in here um can be a bit different one of the one of the first examples that that was thrown out was if you imagine going into supermarket and going to the the sort of cleaning aisle if you like mm. um and you've got all your washing uh, powders and and liquids and so you there'll be more prominence in, in what we see to one or two brands perhaps and um, and when you think about it like that initially so i think oh that's awful you know you don't get to see everything that's there and, you, and, and you're being steered to make a decision but if you stop and think about that that actually happens now without us having the augmented reality on it um it's part of marketing strategy you know that companies will pay for those eye level shelves yeah. um and uh, so is it really much different that when we see that uh in in areas and, and so maybe you know I, I i need to use particular brands because of the lack of um of, of scented materials i i have, will have an absolute sneezing fit if, if i <laughs> use very very strongly scented liquids um so it will know that and, and from what it's learned about me and so it will probably show me and highlight that to you that kind of highlight where those ones are you know and and, and so started at that kind of level of it um but and, and and why i thought it was important that we we have start to have these conversations is is this next bit is that as comp as tech and companies learn more about us from what we look at online from what we do from where we go and so on um 
what we see will be challenged by that. So the 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 um the algorithms will will really change that. And so eventually one of the, the scenarios that was posed to us was along the lines of um you go to the window and you see a fight outside. Yeah. And whether you see what you see there and, and how you react to it um could actually may not actually be true. It, it may not actually have happened, but it may be feeding on the information that it's got about you and or or trying or trying to get you to, to, to act in a certain way. Mm. Um I, and, and sort of taking that kind of idea about kind of what the media does uh, in, in some quarters about trying to play to its readership if you like yeah. but it being on a much more personal level um and and how we look at that and and how we engage with this conversation now to make sure that there are boundaries put down um so you know one of the things neil was, was talking about is is that let's go back to those paintings for example or looking at the same desk but seeing things differently um, how do we know which items on it are real physical things and which are being projected and shown to us? Um, and, you know, how do we highlight that and how do we make that known um, so that you can, if you like, kind of try and step back and be aware that that's what's being advertised or being shown to you. Yeah. Um, so it, it sounds, it, it probably doesn't do it an awful lot of justice, but it, it, it was a really riveting um session it got people talking um uh, which was the whole aim of it and yeah. you know there were there were 11 of us there and the conversation just really took off and and people were, were forced to stop and think and to me that's the 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 real basis of a good philosophy cafe yeah it sounds like a fantastic event and <laughs> it really really covered quite a lot of really kind of cutting edge this uh, topics and 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 it, does, and and it seemed to have got quite a good uptake in terms of people wanting to come along to, to listen to it as well or, or take part in it yeah i mean it was great cpd for the digital team um so i would say it's almost, it was almost a half and half um that we we the the, the a lot of the digital team not everybody a lot of the digital team were there just to get our minds stretched and to be thinking about it as we look and discuss about how we might implement some of this technology because libraries back in the 90s were the place where people who you know internet was brand new um and libraries were the place where people came and they got to try it and they got some support learning about it and how to get online and and, and to use it when it was still too expensive and, and like how good a job we did at that it's not everywhere <laughs> well, that, well that's it but you know that, that that's where people got that initial help and you know, I was. We were part of a, a BBC project pre-COVID, where there was starting to do this same sort of things. We had some headsets. We got the chance to let people try them. Um, so that again, people you know, these are still expensive bits of kit. Yeah. Um, and okay, yeah, yeah, you can have some bits and pieces on your phone, and you can do some stuff really cheaply. But it, it's good to let people try these things to see what's happening, and to have that. Um, discussion because it, it is going to be a new way of learning and it, it you know we're at that lovely point in the technology where things are being tried and, and not working and put aside or or, or or changed around like that but 
something will come out of it and and so as, as, a, as, a, t as a, a team within the libraries you know we are already looking at some of our colleagues and other authorities who have got headsets out and are doing sessions um and looking at maybe how how we explore this and take this forward for for the community in north lanarkshire through the libraries uh, again as it just being somewhere for people to come and to learn and to try kit that's not financially viable for people to have at home at this mm. stage but that is going to make a big difference in life and I think the internet's a great analogy the way you picked up on it there Chris because if you go back that 25-30 years to the mid 90s and look where we are now 30 years from now exactly I think we could be in exactly the same revolution with this, who, this kind yeah. of technology who knows who knows yeah. it's exciting times in terms of that yeah. um what was what was the kind of general feedback from people and did anybody fall over while they had a VR headset on <laughs> I always um, feel dizzy whenever I have them on I have to admit. yeah yeah so um I had that little heart and mouth moment um as as I realized that we were going to be using these headsets standing up and not sitting down as we've done previously um, but no, everybody was everybody was quite okay with it, um, and they, the the headsets they have, um, it was a, a kind of boundary that was put out on the machine itself, so that if you moved too far out of where you started, it cut out. So you, you had the kind of boundary, but you needed to be able to move about in order to interact with what you were seeing and and, yeah. and do what was being encouraged of you. Um, feedback, yeah, everybody loved it. I think it is, it's still got that kind of new technology um, element to it. And, and what I found most heartening, actually, was that some people who came and took part are people who are not renowned for really talking in groups. And that's, and that's, a, that's a great That's thing. exactly what happened. They yeah. were having a real blether with people. And, and so you saw people's... Um, boundaries breakdown and, and their reservations breakdown just a wee bit with it which was fabulous um we also um had our macmillan team uh, some of our macmillan team come up and use it um and that's opened up some discussions with them as well about the potential use of this as, as we go forward so it's been great from from all of that um and and you know it allows us to go back to management again and say <laughs> can we <laughs> can we <laughs> It sounds like it's been an absolutely fantastic event and it's been great for you to come on and give us a little bit of a chat about it and yeah. let us know what happened and I guess in terms of VR and augmented reality we will just have to wait and see where it goes in the future. That's it, absolutely, thanks for the opportunity. You are very welcome. Uh, thanks, Phyllis, for joining me on the podcast. Tell us a little bit about the Ancestry events that we did during uh, Libraries Week. Um, and um, we, so we did an event at View Park, um, and it was a kind of how to use Ancestry, uh, which is free in our libraries, if anyone doesn't know that. Um, I heard it was quite a well-attended event. Is that right? It was a well-attended event. It was a really horrible, nasty day. Bucket and rain, absolutely freezing, and with a horrible feeling, Hillary and I we were going to talk, turn up and basically talk to each other. <laughs> but, but no, we had five lovely genealogists who turned up who were all quite well on in their, uh, in their research. So it made for a really interesting afternoon. 
Brilliant, that's fantastic. And that, our Farmhouse events are becoming quite a lot more popular in, in our libraries because obviously that one works out quite well during Libraries Week. And I know obviously you've, you've got a, a group at Cumbernauld just now with potential other things come out as well, as well, isn't it? Yeah, we're hoping to get a group started in Coatbridge before Christmas. And then as a result of the group in, in View Park, uh, we're, we're looking to do one there. Uh, probably starting towards the end of January. Fantastic and uh, that that kind of free resource that we've got in, in our libraries with access to Ancestry and things like that on our own PCs in the library that's such a great resource for people that kind of kickstart their, their search into their family history I think and with it especially with it being free. Yeah absolutely I mean one of the things we, we used to use Scotland's people quite a lot and it, it is a great resource but Ancestry Institution is by far and away the one that we, we want to be using because not only do you have access to the, the birth certificates and that kind of thing, we're now getting access to the poor law records and parish registers and we actually had Vibka McGee from the archives through at Cumbernauld just started doing a wee talk on the, the stuff that they've got yeah. and she did a wee bit on Ancestry Institution as well showing us some of our local records that yeah. are now on Ancestry Institution. And some of it's absolutely fascinating because the things that people were up in front of the parish about, um, like theft because somebody had took a loaf and things like that. So it's, it's yeah. amazing the things that you can find out as well while you're looking into your own family history. Yeah, because I think that's one of the great things about those records is that it's not just like the the standard, like this person was born here or this person got married with to so-and-so or they, they died here. They they do give a little bit of kind of background as to the, why the, the, the registered in that, that record um, and give a kind of a little bit more of a, a flavour as to what was going on in their life actually at that point in, their time, in, in time. Yeah, I, I mean, really... Ancestry is really good as well because they've kind of changed the, the style for when they, they, they started right at the beginning and they kind of do it now as more of a story of the person's life. So you can kind of click onto that and it'll tell you about how the person was born in this place and then they got married in that place and then their children were born somewhere else and then they were buried somewhere else. And it lets you kind of a, have more of a pictorial view of how things have happened for them. But what was quite interesting yesterday as well was we, one of, one of the, the people who comes to the Cumbernauld group was really baffled about why they couldn't find a, a burial mm -hmm. uh, record for somebody in their family. And just out of the blue, we have the day with we, we Vibka and Vibka goes, ah, but don't forget, they might not have had a layer anywhere near where they lived. And the reason that the person was buried all these miles away. So then we found another wee group of family by finding yeah. that burial spot two or three miles down the road. So we've now got a different sort of arm branch of the family. Yeah. It's uh, so amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so much you can kind of really get lost in with uh, with ancestry and family history in general. Whenever you're kind of looking into it, and you can really kind of get kind of quite into it and and discover lots of stuff that you maybe didn't know or or, or kind of just find that your family have kind of came from places that you didn't expect and things like that. Which is it's a wonderful discovery when you whenever you do kind of find that little bit of information that you didn't know before. It is. It's great that that you get to see the way your family has branched out. Because although you kind of have this notion that like one one branch of your family can go on to be quite big, you don't always quite see it that way. Um, 
and, and again, a couple of the, the folk at, at Cumbernauld as well had done uh, their DNA and they're discovering branches of their family all over the world. So yeah. I'm now waiting with bated breath to November for my DNA results to come in. So I'm looking uh-huh. forward to doing that. It's fascinating. I have done mine as well, and I have discovered various family members who um, were things like they were um, they were um, adopted at birth and things like that. So nobody actually uh-huh. really knows who they, who they are and things like that that, that, uh-huh. I'm, that I'm aware of. And things so it is the DNA thing in particular does throw up some fascinating things, which is a fantastic section of ancestry. Um, but even just the kind of basic stuff that you do get through the access from the library and things like that can throw up some fant- fantastic bits of information. So it's a definite great um, link there. And like you, said, like you were saying there, with the, with our archives team available as well, there's a great resource there for to be able to find information through them as well, isn't there? There's, they're, they're absolutely fantastic and they they really are the specialists in it. They have all the additional special skills that, that you need when you're looking into archives. And some of, some of what we're looking at on Ancestry is transcripts from original records you might find that some of the spelling's not quite right or, or whatever but then you come on to the actual original document and you look at it and you're thinking well actually maybe I would have been better with a badly spelled translated <laughs> document because I can't make out anything that's seen. but our, our colleagues in Heritage actually do have a, a course that they do where they will teach you how to read these handwritten records yeah. So we're looking forward to getting them out to come out. There are different groups to come to Bridge and View Park and Cumbernauld and give us a wee chat and show us where we're going wrong. Fantastic. How, yeah. how to do things. It sounds like there's some fantastic things in the pipeline for our ancestry courses and things like that and, and groups that we've got running. And I think anyone who's interested will have a great time to get involved. And they, they basically just would have to drop you guys an email at blog and to learn at northland.gov.uk to register an interest in any of the groups yep. and, and kind of come along. Drop us a line, anyway. register an interest and uh, we'll make sure there's a, a teacup with your name on it on the day. Fantastic. That's great. Thank you very much, Phyllis, for coming and giving us a wee kind of insight into what we did for Libraries Week and also the kind of future for Ancestry in our libraries. No problem. My pleasure. Hi Drew, thank you for joining me on the podcast to talk about another exciting event that we had during Libraries Week, which was Len Penny coming to your library, Airdrie Library. So what was your thoughts on getting such a great rising talent into Airdrie Library, which is local to the Airdrie area as well, originally as well? So what was your thoughts on that? Hi Chris, it's great to be back on the podcast. Yeah, um, we were absolutely delighted recently to welcome Len to the library um, as uh, a part of the National Libraries Week events that we were having, also as part of our New Tricks um, series of sessions that we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about. Len, it was wonderful to have her to have such a, a, a rising star, already an established star on, on TikTok and, and social media, but um, to have her actually in person coming and reading her poetry and discussing her work and discussing um, how she's got to where she is, even at this very early stage in her career, was wonderful for us. It was really, really good. It was great to have her. We're delighted that she's from Airdrie and that she's doing so well. And we were delighted to welcome her to our hometown library as well. So I think it was it was a brilliant event and it was one that we were we were 
very, very happy to host and, and it went very, very well. It was a really good National Libraries Week event for us. Yeah, I mean, I, I came along to the event as well and it was a fantastic event and so such an engaging speaker and I think she really kind of really did relate very well to the to the public there as well. Uh, you mentioned that it was part of the New Tricks events that go on at Airdrie. Do you want to kind of give our listeners a little bit more of a detail of what New Tricks is all about, their kind of background behind it and sort of what also might be coming kind of soon to the Airdrie Library with that yeah. as well. Yeah, so Lens event, as I say, was part of your New Tricks um, programme, um, which is a series of ongoing events aimed at um, ostensibly older adults, but really anyone who's who wants to get out and wants to engage in something new and something different. And it's a series of, at the moment, um, weekly events um, where we have different sessions every week. They might be taster sessions and things that you've never even considered trying before, never mind had a go at. So we we have things like um, we have Len herself, of course, wonderful kind of established um, authors come and talk to us. We also have quizzes. We also have arts and crafts. We have creative writing. We have sometimes singing. We have films. We have um, quizzes, all that type of thing. There's, there's something different every week. Um, and of course, it's followed by the always popular afternoon tea. So yeah. a new trick session is an event, um, a session followed by afternoon tea who, where everyone is invited. There's no charge. Um, it's a community building thing. Our audiences love it. We have fostered over the the, the couple of years that we've been doing the the, the program a really um, sense tight sense of community within all the participants, and it's something we very much look forward to, um, and it's something the audience does as well. So we were really really happy. Two things dovetailed very nicely for us last week. Um, it was National Libraries Week, and we were able to welcome Len to New Tricks at the same time. So. Yeah wonderful things um, that we were able to take advantage of and it was a real high point lens event and um, the audience hugely enjoyed it and basically they haven't stopped talking about it since so um, we were really really happy with how things went and uh, we were hope Len was really happy with the event itself too they were very engaged and they, they just loved everything that she had to say and talk about. And she also did thought another local legend, because the previous week was the, the legendary Magic Den as yes. well, the, the magician <laughs> from the area. So, uh, so it's, it's been great to kind of get that kind of diff, different types of events into the library, local town, either um, in the literary world or even in the, the <laughs> magic world and things like that as well. So it's a great set of different events for people to get involved in. And we've recently kind of started expanding it out of the library as well because we've also recently had some events in Cumbernauld as well. And also last uh, Libraries Week also was the launch of some Coatbridge Library right. New Tricks events as well. So there's lots and lots to look out for if you are interested in the New Tricks events and things like that as well. So definitely do watch out for more information on them. I think the, one of the great things I think about Lane Penny is that she's used new platforms to kind of really raise awareness of like the Scots language, which has been really quite a kind of more prominent thing, I think, in recent, more recent years. There's certainly yeah. a lot of large kind of fiction titles and things like that getting doing particularly well with the Scots language, isn't it? It's, it's kind of good that they're using those platforms to kind of really raise the importance of the kind of those languages. I agree, Chris. I agree. It's it's something that's seen a, a, a an explosion in recent years in popularity and in consciousness. Um, the the lens lens in particular, her use of social media to reach such a wide audience, particularly during the pandemic period, is it's something that brought Scots language back to the forefront of our our national consciousness. I guess. I mean, it's always has been there, of course, but it just seems to have a real. Um, verve and a real sort of, um, um, sort of rigour about it now and there's a lot of yeah. sort of um, 
it's just very, very popular. And again, I haven't watched their audience last week with Flynn. It was something they were hugely engaged with and hugely um, sort of happy to be to be kind of part of. Um, I think as well, we have a colleague, Thomas, who's very, very interested in, um, I would say it's even his specialism is area in Scots language and poetry. Yeah. So as a service, um, we, it's something we've got a, a, a very keen and new focus on, uh, which is fantastic because it gives us a whole other dimension um, of, of events and of of, uh, of 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 areas to push our service into. So, yes, I agree with you completely. Um, the, the, the sort of flourishing of the Scots language is something we are hugely supportive of and uh, very much behind and very much looking forward to seeing what comes next with it. Um, as you mentioned, lots of new platforms, lots of new ways for people to engage with this. So it's very well worth um, getting on board with now because it's only going to be something that we're seeing more and more of uh, as we as we go into the future. So yeah, it's excellent. Delighted yeah. with it. And, and I think you can really see that with the audience that was at Len Penny's event because they were really they did really relate to it, and I think and, and it crosses generations quite quite well, especially in this this yeah. area. I think. Um, I mean, during the event, she mentioned about how. She went to a friend's um, house and the mum called the their kitchen counter a kitchen counter. She was like, yeah. that's, a, "That's a bunker," you know. <laughs> and that's something that I can all personally chuckled at because whenever I grew up, it was always a bunker rather than a, a, a countertop or a kitchen counter or whatever. Yeah. And, and I think people do relate to that and kind of they can kind of pick out the words that uh, that are used in the Scots language that are really kind of prominent in their own day to day kind of chat and talk that, yeah, that they kind yeah. of pick up on. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's something that's relatable to everyone. Um, there was a point in Len's visit last week um, which made everyone laugh. And I think it's when Len said, um, now I'm going to read you a poem. Would you like me to read this in English or in Scots? And as one, the audience shouted, Scots. You know? <laughs> so, so even with the option, um, our audience wanted to hear it in, in their own native sort of tongue, as it were. Um, so um, yeah, yeah, the audience loved it. They absolutely loved it. We had new tricks um, a couple of days ago, um, which was our first session after Lane, and everyone was still talking about it. And everyone was enthused and encouraged to go and seek out more Scots language, um, both in the library and out in the wider world and, and social media and and anything else that's available out there. So so Lane has had, um, all, already Lane's uh, event has had a, a real impact that we can see here and, and hopefully we can we can keep that going and continue that as we as we look forward to organising similar events in future. Yeah, and of course Airdrie seems to be a bit of a high point for some of the kind of new talent emerging on the Scots language scene with Len Penny and of course Graham Armstrong as well as another one that's been doing really well recently with his book and also being from Airdrie as well. That book actually been set kind of in Airdrie as yeah. well, which is which is fantastic. The the young team. That's um, right. Yeah. Su- such a great. Uh, it's great to see such emerging talent coming from North Latcher and even and more even specifically just in one of the towns in North Latcher and and, and those two um, writers um, cases in particular. Um, we're very pleased to know to, to let you know that Len Len Penny has actually given us permission to include one of the recordings that we made from the event of her doing one of the readings um, of one of our poems. And we will include that in our podcast next for you guys to listen to. But thanks for joining me, Drew, and telling us a little bit more about the Len Penny event. And we'll chat to you, I'm sure, again soon on the podcast. But thanks, here's, here's the Len Penny poem for you guys to enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no having children. 
I'm going to hear wings, and you can ask what I cry them, no what are their names. They'll be getting a piece, no a wee packed lunch. They'll be haying a scran, no having a munch. They'll fanny about, they will not waste time, and when they scrive their wee poems, I'll make sure they rhyme. I'm no having children. I'm going to hear wains who'll be gouping and beeling when they've got aches and pains, and instead of don't worry, I'll say then a fash. Instead of stand your ground, then he take on his snash. My wings will be crabbit, no in a bad mood. And they'll greet, no cry, when their day is no good. I'm no having children. I'm going to hear wains with a prude ancient language crammed in their wee brains. And whenever life tells them their English is bad, I'll tell them the hassles that their mammy had. And I'll say my ma's words to the day that I'm dead. You'll be all right, hen. You have a good Scots tongue in your head. <laughs> right, next up, I've got um, Thomas from Cobra's Library to come chat to us a little bit about Anne Donovan. Now, Thomas, the first you got to host the Lane Penny event that we had, which was a fantastic event in the Airdrie Library. And almost uh, in, in that event, Len Penny mentioned that one of her heroes, if, if you like, was Anne Donovan. And almost as if we had planned it this way, Anne Donovan was visiting Cobridge Library the following day. So wasn't that a great way how to kind of look the two events together? And it was a great event with Len Penny. It was good to hear her talking about that, wasn't it? Oh, it was absolutely brilliant. And, you know, apart from anything else, Chris, it shows you what depth of talent we've produced here in North Lanarkshire because of course the reason that we had Len Penny at Airdrie is because she's originally for Airdrie and the reason we had Anne at Coat Bridge is because she's originally for Coat Bridge and I couldn't have worked it better in terms of timing like you say because a couple of weeks before both events we there'd been the Scots Language Awards up in Dundee and Len Penny had given Anne Donovan the Janet Paisley Award for contribution to Scots so it was, it, you know, there was, that was all total coincidence, as you know, the, the Len Penny event and Anne Donovan event were arranged completely separately, but the, the Scots language world is kind of a small world, so it's no massively surprising to converge in that way, but it was lucky for us, really lucky yeah, for us. Yeah, I, li I like that so well, and, and Anne Donovan is such a huge and well-known Scottish writer, isn't she? So she's done some fantastic books and, and short stories and things and things like that in the past. Well, totally. I. She's. Uh, I mean, she read quite a lot of her works to, to us, and she read Buddha Da, which is obviously her most famous and uh, well beloved book, which was nominated for the the Orange Prize, if I remember correctly. She read the Hieroglyphs, her short story book, which was one of the things Len Penny mentioned as being a big inspiration to her. In fact, we had a, a few people at the event on uh, on the Wednesday saying. That hieroglyphs, or rather, one of the stories, you know, Andorra was the most famous story. All the glisters had really affected them as a young person, and it really meant something to them. And yeah. I read from that, and it was brilliant to hear. So I, it was, it was superb. And the other thing is that Anne hadn't done an event because of the pandemic, like a lot of authors. Anne hadn't done an event in person for a good couple of years. So we uh -huh. were really privileged and lucky to be the first library, the first public event she'd participated in, in yeah, such a I long did. time and you wouldn't even be able to tell that. you wouldn't yeah. be able to tell she was absolutely brilliant no nerves no rustiness at all <laughs> i think sometimes whenever you're you're kind of so used to doing these things i think that you kind of you kind of just become used to doing them and it's kind of like second nature something for, for some people uh, and it's it's great that she she can kind of can get involved in an event like that and, and after such a long break and can totally. just kind of 
and a team at Cove Park. Um, it was part of um, the the new launch of new tricks in Coatbridge, um, and um, new tricks is as uh, Drew had mentioned in the Glen Penny section is about kind of adult events for adults and trying to kind of get them sort of interested in activities in libraries. It's the start of us branching it out to different libraries and Coatbridge has started doing some as well, hasn't it? So what what has the library members in Coatbridge got to look forward to in terms of new tricks? I got, <clears throat> they've been running new tricks at Airdrie for a long time and Drew's was probably too modest to say what a big success it's been there and that's why it's been rolled out to all the other libraries. And in Coatbridge, the Anne Donovan event was us kicking off our schedule of new tricks events for the for four weeks. We straight after that, the following week, we had a big book quiz, which was a lot of fun. And we, uh, I'll not say I'll not say who won, I'll not say who lost, but I will say <laughs> it was very competitive. And the people at Coatbridge know a lot about books. We've got a we've got two more events in our schedule for now. We've got a VR event coming up next Wednesday. <clears throat> I don't know if it'll be next Wednesday by the time the podcast goes, will it, Chris? But we've got a VR event coming up, and then the week after that, we've got a philosophy cafe event about how you trust, how or how it's possible to trust people online. That'll be the end of our first block of four weeks, but we'll be coming back for another four weeks in the new year. Fantastic. And the thing I love about New Tricks is it's so diverse in terms of the activities and, and the people, uh, the way it's kind of turned out with Airdrie is that there's been a set core of people who have really kind of wanted to go to a lot of events and even though they're different every week and can sometimes be wildly different, they, they, there's just that kind of almost like community spirit that's kind of happened within the groups and they just want to come along and take part regardless of what the topic is or the activity is and things like that. And it's been a lovely thing to kind of see grow in Airdrie and hopefully that can kind of come across in Coatbridge and things like that as well. Well, that's what we're really after. You know, the, the events themselves, obviously, it's brilliant to have Anne Donovan. It's brilliant to have people from the philosophy department at Glasgow. And it's brilliant to blah, 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 blah. But what the events are really about, like you say, are about building community and rebuilding community after the pandemic. And they've done it brilliantly at Airdrie. It's went really well at Cumbernauld, I think. And our, we've started off with a bang at Coatbridge. So I we're hoping it will continue that way. Fantastic, yeah. And Anne Dorman is just one of many great talents to have kind of come out of the, the latch area, area. And like, say, Len Penny's one. There's some other great ones as well. I can think of off the top of my head, Graham Armstrong uh, and another Airdrie one. There's it's such a it's, it's great to see talent from a area emerging in such a great way in the, the kind of literary scene, isn't it? It really is. I I like you say, Airdrie's got more than a few, but uh, North Lanarkshire down in Motherwell Way, you've got Liz Lockhead. You've, you know, if you if you if you really started listing the names, you'd be talking about a genuine who's who of Scottish literature. You really would. It was brilliant having Anne and Coatbridge. Obviously, we've got tons. We've got Brian Conahan, we've got Des Dillon, we've got Mark Miller, we've got Anne Donovan. So we're punching well above our weight as a as a county um, <laughs> and the the world literature level. But Anne was brilliant, and she really she she talked about Coatbridge. And obviously, one of the things that makes Anne different from anybody else is that she writes um, Coatbridge voices, she writes Glasgow voices, she writes about the kinds of, you know she doesn't. You can get people to come to a place and they don't really write about it and they don't really think about it. But Anne is still engaged. With what it means to be someone who grew up in yeah. Coatbridge, what it means to be someone who lives in this wider Glasgow Lanarkshire area, and that was reflected in the reading she gave and in the the writing she's done. It's, it was 
It was just what we needed for the first new trick, something that yeah. was new, but at the same time connected back to, yeah. to the history of the place. I do think sometimes that's one of the reasons why some some of the books work so well because they, because they are so relatable to to a particular area if, or because the author knows it so well and and writes it as a as a as a person from that area and it, and it really kind of people from there can really connect to it and, and understand the, the the context of it much better. I totally right. Well, Anne was talking about Buddha da quite a bit. And she was talking about the, the main character in Buddha Da, well, the, the kind of auxiliary main character in Buddha Da, the, the guy who converts to Buddhism in it. And she said she didn't know anybody who'd actually converted. She didn't know that, that guy wasn't based on somebody who'd converted to Buddhism, but that guy was based on a character that we all know from our lives, you know, a kind of Jack the Lad, nice, genial guy who'll do anything for a laugh and do, you know, walk down the high, high street and knickers on his head, whatever it takes to get people smiling. <laughs> and that's something that I, I don't think, that's certainly a very West Coast archetype uh, person. I'm not saying they don't exist anywhere else, but if you describe that person to anybody, if you Coatbridge or Motherwell or Airdrie or Cumbernauld or Glasgow or whatever, they'll know exactly the kind of person you're talking about and they'll know somebody that they know who's exactly like that. Yeah, and, and I think that's one of the great things about, about it. The, the, you, there are really strong characters that in these in communities in the, these areas and they, they can transfer over onto the page really, really well and, and stand out as really great, great characters. Because we all know them and, and and whenever an author writes them on a page, it, it just you can see the, the humour of, of the area and, and things like that stand out and, and kind of work really well. Aye, totally, totally. And it's brilliant to hear Anne reading from the book herself, because, well, from the books. Buddha does a fantastic book and anybody who's interested in reading it Definitely, get, we, I think at Coatbridge we've kind of cornered, cornered the market right now because we had Anne Donovan, so we got all <laughs> the Anne Donovan books there were. But wherever you're in North Lanarkshire, if you've no read Buddha Da, get down and read it because it's a fantastic book. And Anne was superb, you know, like it's it's different to even somebody read their own writing, especially when it's yeah. in Scots. And Anne was able to, you know, derive humour and pathos for it that you wouldn't necessarily read into it yourself. It was, yeah. it was something, something else, it was something really badly been missing while we've not been having live author events yeah actually that's that's something that kind of lane penny touched on a little bit as well about her work as well how whenever she reads it it can sound different from when other people read it as well because because she knows the kind of points where she wants to kind of emphasize maybe parts of words and things like that sort of stuff and uh, it's interesting hearing it from the kind of writer or or Len Penny's case with the poet and things like that and seeing just how different it comes across from as to when you're kind of just reading it yourself. I think that's especially true with Scots because you know both Len and Anne obviously writing in Scots that there's a cadence there and there's you know pronunciations that are particularly local and there's there's all sorts going on that make it idiosyncratic and make it difficult, I think, for anybody else to perfectly capture what the writer was getting at. And that's definitely true of Len's poetry, and it's definitely true of Anne's writing as well. Yeah, definitely. And what I, I think what, one of it's, I always love whenever we get some authors into our libraries. I think it's always great to see them come back. And it's great now that we're kind of being able to kind of do these back in person and welcome authors and public and to see them into libraries because it just adds so much to to the event and and i think the public do get a lot out of it don't they there's no question the public got a lot out of it i mean everybody at the at both events because i was obviously there for them both got a lot out of it and everybody was queuing up to speak to len and to Anne and to tell them how much they'd enjoyed the event and how much it meant to them but what i would say in addition to that is 
it's meant quite it means quite a lot to authors as well to be back yeah. in libraries and you could tell that like both len and Anne really got a lot out of being amongst people and being able to read their works to human faces rather than to a screen for a change yeah. and uh. to be able to communicate with people and you know see that what they're doing isn't just you know dying to death out in a out in a, the, 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 the the void of the internet yeah. so both of them i think really got something out of it and certainly everybody who was there got something out of it i really got a lot out of being at both events i felt very privileged to to be there yeah that it's always fantastic to get some authors into libraries and hopefully going forward we'll be able to kind of get some more especially obviously we've got Bowie scotland coming up very very soon and we'll have hopefully a, some good authors to announce in the near future for people to come along to and attend for that but thomas thank you for coming along and telling us a little bit about the andron event and also new tricks in Cobridge, and hopefully it all goes well whenever for the future events for for new tricks and the, if, anyway, everyone who likes to attend author events do keep an eye out for when we announce our Big Scotland calendar. Thanks for having me, Chris. So I hope you've enjoyed hearing a little bit about what we got up to during Libraries Week. Uh, it was fantastic and if you came along to some of the events, thank you very much for coming and enjoying them. It was a great week and we really got lots of fantastic events out there, lots of different topics as well. So it was really varied and that was fantastic. A big event that we want to highlight to you guys coming up is Murder in the Museum. It's taking place at Summerlee Museum. Um, if you, you may have seen us doing some Murder in the Museum events before, this year it's got the fantastic title of Revenge of the Leg Warmers and will take place on Friday the 25th of November at 7pm and the tickets for that cost £10 with all the proceeds going to McMillan Cancer Support. It's a fantastic event and it will be all the money goes to a fantastic cause. You can buy tickets for it on the website as well. If you visit culturenail.co.uk slash summerlee you will find the links in there for buying tickets and stuff like that. So do pop along to that if you get the chance. It will be a night to remember I'm sure especially for anyone who can remember some very interesting 80s history and things like that as well and remember all the fantastic songs and possibly terrible fashion that was about in the 80s as well so do come along to that and enjoy that if you have enjoyed this podcast do leave us some feedback using the hashtag hashtag flb podcast on twitter or by using the email address librarypodcast at northland.co.uk that's all for us for now, guys, and we will be back again soon with more episodes. But that's for, thanks for listening for now. Bye-bye.